Welcome back to Her Daily Drive, a podcast series designed to inspire women to find their daily drive in Jesus. Hear a range of testimonies and conversations with women of all ages about their journey, the struggles and the triumphs. I'm your host, Sarah, and I hope today's episode encourages you. Let's get started. Today we're going to interview Velda. Velda volunteers at our church weekly, enjoys also a weekly game of golf after putting it on hold for 40 years to raise her family. Her husband Bruce and her also lead a small group at our church and as we'll hear today she's an amazing story about God speaking to her through the Bible and how that's played a significant part in her journey. So welcome Velda. Hi Sarah, it's good to be here. First of all, to get to know you a little bit better, what are three go-to essentials that you're loving lately? Well, I enjoy my golf and I actually won a monthly medal a couple of weeks ago, so that was quite something. And I love where I live, I love the church that we go to, and good friends. Can you tell us a little bit about your journey so far? I came from a non-Christian family, a non-church-going family. I started about age five going to Sunday school with a little girl next door who I'm still very good friends with. And her father was mad about rugby league and so we went to a football match over at Richmond. Whilst we were there, suddenly we could hear a piano accordion being played and there was a Salvation Army and they were gathering up children and we all sat down on a rug or rugs on the ground, and they did a Bible story with a flannel graph. A flannel graph is, it's, well, it'd be like Velcro now, oh, I suppose. And they had the pictures? And they had the pictures, yes. and they would put it up and tell the story. But the thing that I remembered from that was we sang little choruses, which are Bible verses to music. But when she spoke, she said, God loves you just the way you are. You can't earn it. It's not about getting to Sunday school every week and because that was a worry for me. I always felt less than because depending on what my parents were doing, you know, you used to get six little verses, cards, and then when you learned those off by heart, you got a big one, mm. and I never got a big one. So <laughs> as an eight-year-old or a nine-year-old, that was a big thing. But then we moved on. We went to Christian Endeavour, which was like youth group. It was that four to six like they have here initially, and then when you went to high school it was Friday nights and we went to Christian Endeavour camps at Easter and probably around September holidays too they'd have two a year and I went to an Easter camp so I was 12 years old um, in 1956 and it was an Easter Christian Endeavour camp at Collaroy on Collaroy Plateau which is Northern Beaches Sydney we had autograph books and it was for pop stars if you ever came across any or famous people or your teachers or people that you wanted to sign or put in a verse or a poem or something in your autograph book so we all had them and I remember asking this leader and he was really old he was probably about 21 I think and um and his name was Brian Lamb and he wrote in my book though there be many names in this book is your name in the book of the Lamb And I didn't know what that meant. So I went to one of our leaders from our group, because there were about 120 kids at this camp, I think. I said, what does that mean? And he said, well, when you accept Jesus as your saviour, your name goes in the book of the Lamb, and it's referred to in Revelation. And then I thought about it, and I thought, yes, I want Jesus in my life. I want Jesus to come into my heart. And because I'm so awful. Easter Sunday morning, they had a dawn service, And we all gathered out on this 
high up and watch the sun come up from the sea. That's when I gave my heart to the Lord Jesus. Three, nearly four years later, 19, three years later, 1959, Billy Graham mm. and Sydney. And it was just the most wonderful experience. And I think I went about four or five times. And I went forward again to reaffirm that decision. And from then on, there's never been any question. There have been desert moments, dry moments, you know, like we all do. And, and I think doubting is part of faith as well but always kept going to church always being around people of like mind and and God was faithful and you know I look back now and I see being hedged about you know he goes before behind and and at our side and then you progress from there so 15 16 and then you start going out with boys and <laughs> and then I thought now I've got to be careful here and I suspect we've had some good preaching or teaching on, you know, don't get caught up, you know, being in the world but not of the world, which is we hear a lot here as well, which is wonderful. And so I'd go out with a couple of words, but they had no interest in faith or Christianity, so I'd drop them. And then Bruce I had met, he's my husband. We met, I was 13, he was 14, and I thought he's a bit of all right. But he's shorter than me, which was a problem. <laughs> but then he grew um, in 18 months. He was suddenly six foot one. But I was 20, I think, nearly 20 before we started going out together. No, 21. And here we are 52 years later. But faith was a common bond. And, mm. I, and I'm just so glad God was faithful in that because I always... He took all my girlfriends out first. <laughs> so then... Yes. Um, but I, I believe that because I honoured that because I did what the Bible had said. That was honoured. That's why I just love the Bible, because it's it's a blueprint. It's how to live. It tells you where you're going wrong, and it encourages you, and it gives you hope. And, and that's where we've been. And Velda, what topic are you going to share with us today? Well, the Bible is a blueprint, because it's, it's a plan for life, and all the answers are there. You just need to seek. It's our responsibility to, as Christians, I think, to, to look for the answers that we need. Uh, and they are all there. And I found that to be true. Why is it important for us in today's society to go to the Bible as our blueprint? Because there are so many conflicting things. You know, there are all these self-help books. There are new age philosophies, this and that. And we, we know that in each of us, there is God made us that way, created us to look for something that we worship. We've got this need to have something that gives us this peace and confidence and strength. But sometimes we're looking in the wrong place. And uh, if we could just get people to go to God's word, it's him speaking to us directly. What is your experience with this topic? Just about all of my life, if we got that much time. <laughs> but... Um, so Bruce and I were married, and back in those days, after about two years, you were supposed to have children, and then if you didn't, all the rallies asked, why not? <laughs> so anyway, it wasn't happening. So I went to a GP who referred me to a specialist. So then it was a laparotomy, which then revealed endometriosis. Yeah, she'll be pregnant in six months, says the specialist, six months later. More tests, which were, it was a pretty ghastly experience. I thought, right, that's it adoption and put in adoption papers and in those days they didn't have terminations of pregnancy so the supply <laughs> if you like 
was rather good. So we waited 11 months for Andrew and then Neil is 20 months younger than Andrew and he came two years later. But it was interesting, then you have all these doubts and questions and I think, so whilst in the six months you waited for approval and then you were on the list, but then I think, oh, what if I don't treat them like I might have if I'd given birth to them? What Will I feel towards this baby how I would feel if I was giving birth myself? And so you have all these questions and then what if I fell pregnant and then would I make a difference between this adopted child and the natural child? And then we go to church and God bless God. <laughs> there was the reading about becoming adopted sons and adopted daughters and then the minister went on to expound on that scripture and how, you know, when we love Christ, we all become adopted sons and daughters. And I thought, oh, wow. You know, it's always a wow factor. All the doubt was gone. And then, of course, when I picked him up at hospital and I knew absolutely that was it for me. Well, every child is a miracle of God's creation and he's no less a miracle because I didn't give birth to him. So, you know, he's, he's God's creation mm. and, a, and a gift to us. So that That's was, beautiful. again, scripture. Scripture again. So then another <clears throat> thing was I had a fear of cats and birds. Terrible fear. If you had fish and chips at the beach, I wouldn't get out of the car because of all those seagulls. And if I saw a cat up the street, I would cross And we were living in England. We went to England and our boys were eight and ten when we went there. I joined a women's fellowship group there and we were talking about fear and, you know, that we don't, the spirit doesn't give us fear, you know. And I'm thinking, well, this fear is unreasonable. If I'm a Christian, then I shouldn't have this fear, this phobia. I remember once we were at, this is in Parramatta, we were at Friends from Church. There were about 40 people there. And we're sitting there and I looked down and there's a cat sitting outside the window and it's staring straight at me. I thought, no, please don't let it in. Please don't let it in. Oh, look, the cat's there. So they let it in. It made a beeline for me. It sat in my lap. I've never had a cat, but they nest, Mm. evidently. And here it is. So I'm sitting there with a scream, sitting in my larynx and my hands on my shoulders. (laughs) And the hostess came across and she said, don't you like cats? I said, no. So she took it outside. But that cat's name was Lucifer. And I can remember <laughs> thinking, why would a Christian family have a cat called Lucifer? So I'm still wondering. So then we go to England and I'm convicted about this. And I thought, this is ridiculous. And, and it's not good for the children either and for their mother to be silly. And we had a next-door neighbours and they were wonderful Canadians and they had this rotten cat. And... <laughs> It waited for me, and if I came in the front door, it'd be on the steps going up to the second, and it would launch itself. And I've since found out that cats, if they think that you don't like them, they'll make a beeline for you because they want everybody <laughs> to love they them. Do. And so, as soon as I, so anyway, this day I'd got home, I thought, Lord, this is totally unreasonable, I'm sorry. And I got down on my knees, and I said, Lord, this fear, and the fear was realistic because I'd been bitten by a cat in the elbow as a child and then dive bombed by magpies. So mm. there was a logical reason. But anyway, so I just got down and I said, Lord, I know this is totally unreasonable and I'm asking you to please take the fear away. And I, it was like 
a shutter came down and I got up and I knew it was gone, just mm. like that, and I couldn't believe it. And I thought, well, I better test this, still not quite trusting. And I rang Verna up next door. I said, I'm coming over to play with your cat. <laughs> and she thought I'd lost my mind. The cat wouldn't come near me. Mm. And I'm trying to and pick it up. And then I went walking, looking for birds, and, of course, didn't see any. But anyway... But again, that scripture, you know, we are not given that fear that comes from somewhere else. I love that story because it's actually something so simple and practical. It's actually a blueprint for your life. It's the simplest thing that we can use it for. Yeah. That's a really yeah. cool story. And I've got an even simpler one. <laughs> we went to Canada about six years ago, seven years ago, and just as a memento, and I bought some earrings mm-hmm. and a or Bruce bought them for me. And I'd only worn them once, and, and we went out, and our granddaughters were in the car with us, and the little one, she was only about two and a half, she was upset, got her out of her car seat, and she burrowed her head into my neck. And anyway, I took her inside, and then her mum later said to me, um, one of your earrings is missing. I said, oh. And she said, but the thing is on the back of your ear, but the front of it has gone. And I thought, uh-oh. So we looked everywhere, we took the lounges apart and all the rest and then after everyone had gone to bed and I said Lord I know it's not huge in the grand scheme of things where people are wondering where their next meal's coming from or their next clean drink of water but I said I've only worn them once and and they were a memento of the trip so if you could just help me find them that'd be fantastic and straight away I just thought it's outside the front door on the path where we got out which when Thea put her head into my neck it probably came off then and I just knew that's where it was I went to bed I didn't go out and look because it was dark I thought I might tread on it so I went to bed got up at 5am straight down out and there it was it winked at me outside the front door and I burst into tears because I can't believe or I was having trouble believing that he cares about something so small Mm. in the grand scheme of things. And I just thought, how good is God? I love that story where Jesus said, just keep knocking, you mm. know, keep asking. Jesus said, you don't receive because you don't ask. So it's not for us to judge whether it's incidental or not. Um, just ask. Even in the minutiae, I guess that's how you say it, of life, that he cares about that. Mm. You know, he, he loves you. All things work together for good to those who love God and and he longs to do that for everybody it's not just a select few it's Jesus died once and for all and uh, and I just love that mm. he just wants to be that loving father to everybody Valda what's God's perspective on us using the Bible as our blueprint for life well I think you know the examples right from Genesis through you know the disobedience and then he provides and he looks after them and even when they got sick of manna he he gave them quail but then after a while they got and it points up human nature hasn't changed all that much I think that the Old Testament shows us the mistakes we can make you know taking for granted and start to worship other things instead of keeping him foremost and so I see the Old Testament and I mean Jesus is there from the beginning you know and we get such good teaching here at New Life I love it you know I've learned so much in the last 16 years that we've been here the learning and and giving a a cultural background to the Bible and but it is God breathed it is God's word to us 
whilst we, we don't turn on the TV or a radio to hear him talking, it, it's his word and, and it can be trusted and he is so faithful and so loving but also he's a God of justice as well and we will be called to give an account we're told how to live, but it's for our own good. It's like mm. being parents, you know, you say that, you're, no, you can't do that. No, you can't have that because it's not good for you. And this is our Heavenly Father doing the same thing. It's not, I think some people when they think, oh, I don't want to be a Christian, you're not allowed to do this, you're not allowed to do that, you're not allowed to do this. They don't understand the freedom that comes from obedience and being in God's will. Were there any Bible verses that inspired you along your journey? Billy Graham, mm. uh, as you were driving to the to the showgrounds in Sydney, they had banners everywhere, and it was Jesus said, "I am the way, the truth, and the life. Mm. No man comes to the Father except by me." And my niece said to me, "Oh, I believe in all faiths eventually lead to God. All religions, rather, all." I said, "No." I said, Jesus didn't say, I am a way, Mm. a life, a truth. He said, I am the way, the life and the truth. And then I love John 3.16, you know, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whosoever believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. And I love the next verse too, because Jesus didn't come into the world to condemn the world, Mm. but that the world might be saved through him. Before we finish today, do you have any final words of encouragement for our listeners? I would encourage those of you who may be listening, if you don't already know Christ, don't leave it too long. Mm-hmm. You know, seek him while he may be found. There's forgiveness, freedom, strength, understanding and support in him. Great is thy faithfulness. You have nothing to lose and everything to gain. That's why I love that hymn, you know, Great is thy faithfulness. I've been singing that since... Sunday school it's just so true Mm. and then another hymn hymns in the dry seasons or that's right when you've got young children it's really hard to have quiet times I used to feel guilty that I didn't have time out for God and I'm too busy and then by the end of the day you're so exhausted Bruce was studying part-time for seven years and then he traveled with work and so you know you'd be so tired and you think oh lord you know I just really don't have the time so a lot of bible reading wasn't being done but then the choruses and the hymns I would sing in the car we didn't have cds and things but or ipads so you you sang in the car and that was scripture and so mm. now I look back from where I am now and I think yeah that was reading the bible mm. <laughs> but still making that effort to get to church too so you've got to be proactive but I do understand it, it, it was um, sort of difficult then. Uh, and sometimes there were desert moments, dry moments. There's another song, you know, he, he will find a way through the desert. And he does. And so he's ever faithful. So he knows where your heart is. But no, I just encourage, just look for it in the Word. And I love that we've got Google now and mm. iPad because if you're feeling down, you can... Just put in Bible verses for depression, Bible verses for busyness, Bible verses for I'm feeling alone or down or whatever, and up they'll come. Mm. And so there's God's ability to speak to you through that again. So you don't have to think, oh, I don't know where to look, Mm. because Google will look for you. (laughs) 
Thanks so much for joining us today. You're very welcome, Sarah. Thanks so much for listening to another episode of Her Daily Drive. Until next time, I hope you have a wonderful week.